You read the Bible, Greg. You talking to me? I'm a long sample. Keep up. Wait, wait, let me let me explain something to you. Uh, I am not Mr. Lebowski. You're Mr. Lebowski. I'm the dude. I don't know how to put this, but I'm kind of a big deal. Well, there's past. So what you want? Jesus freak. I got a bad feeling about this. King Kong ain't got shit on me! Do I really look like a guy with a plan? Each and every man under my command owes me 100 net scouts. <laughs> Start to see pictures, eh? Oh, wow. Thank you for that. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Film and Loathing podcast for Saturday, January 5th, 2019. Thanks for sticking with us here through the new year. Hope it's starting off well. My name's Jake. I'm Chris. And I'm Zach. Coming up on this episode is the moment at least the three of us have been waiting for, our top 25 films of 2018, uh, which I think should lead to some interesting discussion and some probably pretty heavy arguments, which should be fun. (laughs) So definitely stick around. And then I think we've also prepared a few other lists for you to break down the year uh so it should be a good time before we get into it though how are you guys wonderful got a little bit of a cold but i'm working through it yeah i'm with you dude i've been congested all day and all last night it's nothing like too wild it's just a stuffy nose scratchy throat the basic shit yep same how does the new year starting off for you guys New Year, same shit. <laughs> yeah. Did you guys do anything fun for New Year's Eve? No. No, not really. I just kind of hung out. I think New Year's Eve, yeah. I had to go to my dad's house the next day, so I didn't want to be too spoopy going there. I see. Mm-hmm. I had to work for the entirety of the day. That sucks, All man. 24 hours? Pretty close. I worked from 4 a.m. to 11, and then I went back in at 5 p.m. and worked until 4 a.m. or uh, New Year's Day. Jeez, I'm crow. Jake, you're a workaholic, man. Well, they needed a driver at the shop because I guess like someone was trying to get it off, and they didn't have someone to fill in, so they asked me to do it like a couple weeks ago, and I said... Yeah, fuck it. Why not? No, I mean, get that shmoney, but, like, what'd you do with your spare time? I feel like that's not enough time to, like, go home and sleep. No, it was. I mean, I went home. I got home at, like, a little after 11, hung out for a second, said hi to Rachel, ate some breakfast, then took a couple-hour nap, and then got up, got ready, and went in. Was it miserable? Like, tiring? Yeah. Definitely. Around like 2 a.m., because the shop closes at 2.30. So around 2 a.m., I was getting pretty tired. And yeah, having, I, feel that. I had to like crack into my 16 ounce Red Bull. <laughs> I'm, I'm just I'm just starting my new work schedule yesterday. It was actually my first day. Oh, yeah. What's the new schedule like? My new schedule is I work. Um, four 10-hour shifts instead of five eight-hour shifts. Oh, terrible. Do you like that better? 
Oh, yeah, I love it. I get Saturdays off now. What are your three so, days off? Uh, it sucks because, like, I'm not going to complain because I get three days off. But it um, sounds like that's what you're doing right now. No, 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 no. It's just, like, I have Saturday, Tuesday, Wednesday off, but I wish that they were all in a row. Oh, yeah, I can see that. <laughs> so I wish they had, like, a three-day weekend instead of having it being, like, Saturday, Tuesday, Wednesday broken up. But in the, there's that's still not, benefits to that. That's not too bad because what? So you work Wednesday – sorry, you work Thursday, Friday, get Saturday off, and then work Sunday, Monday, get the next two days off? Yeah, it, it, like it breaks up my work week, but at the same time, it would just be nice to have three days in a row off. Yeah. That's not bad, though. I would take that schedule. It's better than mine. I get two days off, but they're not consecutive. Bummer. Shitting me. What's your yeah, problem it's a over there? Real fucking bummer. I have no fucking idea. Internet's going wonky apparently. Alright, I think we're good now. Cool. But yeah, no, New Year's Eve was a very long day. I mean I because like at a certain time in the morning you get like a second wind or like a third wind for me, really. <laughs> so I was like kind of up and then I got home and like by the time I got home and whatnot, like I was kind of awake, so I didn't even end up going to bed until like five thirty. Seriously? Slept until ten thirty, and then I was like, "Well, I don't really want to sleep the day away anymore." So then I just got up, but it was not a productive day. No, I have a hard time forcing myself to get up out of bed, though. Do you? Once I, yeah, like once I'm up, I look at my alarm, and I'm just like, "It's like there's morning, Chris." There's afternoon Chris, and then there's night Chris. Night Chris just doesn't want to go to bed. Afternoon Chris wants to do nothing but sleep. And morning <laughs> Chris is just like, he's like non-coherent. He just wakes, he does whatever the fuck he wants. Well, morning Jacob wants to go back to bed. Afternoon Jacob can't wait to go to bed. And night Jacob is definitely ready for bed. Definitely ready. Jeez, and crow, look at that dude working away over there. If, if for those who can't who can't see this, I'm just waiting for you guys. Like I, I, I thought we were talking about our top 25 movies of the year. Zach, Zach, Zach's working away. He's writing down in his notebook, looking well, at I his like, phone screen. I didn't do my 2019 most anticipated, so I'm just rattling off what I can remember in my head. So I am just verifying that certain things are due to come out this year. I see. Okay. And what Chris and I are doing, Zach, is called the cold open. It's where we, you know, <laughs> kind of open up ourselves to the audience so that they can connect to us on a personal level. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, man, that guy's fucking life sucked on New Year's Eve. My life sucked on New Year's Eve. I can listen to these guys. Mm-hmm. So let's we make Zach a little more human. He's if wearing I, a tiger shirt. If I am listening to a top 25 episode of a podcast – and I'm eight minutes deep, and they haven't said what their number 25 was or even talked about the list. I'm shutting that shit right down. No way, dude. You got to know that you can trust their 25. Oh, you can trust my 25. Oh, they're just a bunch of pretentious fucks. I don't know. But, I mean, I guess I'm going to get into whatever you guys are. Have you done your top 2019 anticipated, Zach? Yep. Good. You guys, uh, do you guys want to start by saying the movies we wish we could have seen? So that oh, yeah. way yeah. there's no one waiting sure. to see if those come up or not? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, go for it. What were some things you guys wish you could have saw? 
Um, so I have six that I wish I could have seen, but due to you no know, not coming near me or not having time or whatnot, I didn't see them. Uh, they're mainly because they didn't come close to me, so I didn't have a chance to see them. Um, I didn't. I wish I could have seen Suspiria. I wish I could have seen Shoplifters. I wish I could have seen Border. Uh, none of those ones came near me. If Beale Street Could Talk is coming near me next weekend. Uh, and then the last one is a documentary called Monrovia, Indiana, directed by Frederick Wiseman. And it just is playing three cities in the United States. So yeah. <laughs> there's like no one who can really has a chance to see that yet. So um, I, I had a couple. There was a bunch that I didn't really get to. Um, I wanted to watch We the Animals. I wanted to see the Robin Williams documentary come inside my mind. I wanted to see if Bill Street could talk. Um, Final Portrait. I wanted to see Suspiria. Um, You're the one who asked for Final Portrait. Yeah, but I haven't gotten to watch it yet. Um, I did get to see Let the Sunshine In. Oh, and I really wanted to see Free Solo. Yeah, that's one I also wish I could have seen. Okay. It was playing at the Nick for like a long ass time, but I didn't go That's, see it. It was one of those things playing in Waterville for like a weekend, and I just didn't get the chance to see it. Yeah. It's pretty great. It's cool to see just to like see how they like got some of the shots of him climbing. It's pretty intense. <laughs> um, but I did not get a chance to see Destroyer, the new Nicole Kidman film. And I didn't get a chance to see the Sisters Brothers, which I thought had potential to be in there. And then I didn't get a chance to rewatch First Reformed or Blind Spotting. What? what? I, saw them, I saw them earlier in the year. So like I'm like so where they are in my top so like where they are in my top twenty five list. Just know that they could move, probably more move up than down if I had got a chance to rewatch them. I believe that all um, lists are fluid and that none of them are ever concrete because they should be forever changing based on your experience. Now, here's something I wanted to ask the opinion of you guys. So we record this today. It won't come out for a a couple days. What if I watch those movies before this gets released and then I can do it on my – can I letterbox my list with the updated films or does it have to be what came out on this show? Is my letterbox 2019 or 2018 list? The way I see it is that Chris has absolutely no idea what he's talking about. What What we should do (laughs) is that as you say you're 25, it should there should be a grave carver right next to me etching in stone your decision. If you didn't get the chance to see a movie a second time or a first time, that's on you. That's your fault. That is too bad. So sad. These no, are as, your choices. You live with them. As far as what's going on in the podcast, yes, you you have a set list that you have to say, and this is going to go down as what you said your top 25 of 2018 was on this podcast. But as far as going forward, your top t- movie 25 of 2018 could change. Doubt it. Like that, it's, it's a fluid list. It's not – 2018 – is over. This is your favorite movie of the year. You cannot say, well, in 10 years from now, well, I think thinking back on it, 
my actual favorite movie of the year is this. No, no, no. This is a this is basically a timestamp. This is right now. This is your favorite movie of the year. This is the movie that spoke the most to you in 2018. Not which 2018 movie speaks the most to you in 10 years. Yes, I'm saying okay. right now in this place and time, this is my top 25. But a week from now, I could rewatch all these movies next week. And if my list comes out different, it comes out different. It's an ever-changing list. Generally speaking, it's going to be in the semi-same order because I'm going to enjoy these movies at least similar to how I enjoyed them before. But that doesn't mean some can't take over other spots. Well, when in Rome. Okay, I was just curious about – I was just curious your thoughts. I will – I'll log what we do today then because I was going to say – because I'll definitely see the Sisters Brothers within the next couple days. But whatever. This is cool. I'm fine. I can live with it. Ride or die, motherfucker. You know? Who are the sisters? They, his name is Charlie's sisters. Oh, okay. But okay, so so I guess for the viewer, listener at home, we're going to go through this film by film, 25 through 1. Uh, if you don't really care to hear the 25 through 20 through whatever, just go ahead and check out the show notes and skip to where you really care about. We should also um, note that we, since we are doing 25, no honorable mentions. Correct. Are you serious? They're in your 25 or they are not. We are covering 25 movies. All right, all right, whatever. Yeah, Chris, don't you dare do your top 10 films with 15 honorable mentions. You I'm just rank saying, those fuckers. Some, some deserve ranking and some don't. Yeah, all the movies in my 25 deserve ranking, but... For some lists. I feel like all the films in my 25 deserve to be there. But when I was ranking like 19 to 25, I was like, I literally, this could literally be fucking anything. See, like I 19 could be 25, which could be 20. For me, it was. I don't know. I think 25 for me was just as hard as one. Because it's like, as soon as you set that 25, you, you are now discounting so many other movies. Like, I narrowed... 45 down to 25 and so once i picked my 25th it's like okay well now there are 20 movies that i have to get rid of yeah it yeah. I mean it was really hard for me to not put pacific uprising in my list it was it was excruciatingly hard for me not to put that <laughs> at number one but and for that we're away, done <laughs> No, oh. um, the, uh, honestly, the last 10 were harder than the first 10 for me. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. Oh, another one I forgot to mention that I didn't watch. I wish I could have. Apostle. I did not oh, see yeah. Apostle. I feel like that had potential, but I opted to see some other things that I thought would oh. be more likely to be in the 25 than not. It was one of my 45, so. Yeah. Um, Chris, you with us, bud? Oh, there yeah, he is. Yeah, I'm here. It's just my internet's fucky right now. Okay. Well, so who wants to start us off? Who wants to give us their 25th film of 2018? Zach, tell us. Oh, 25. <laughs> All right. Let's start with an eye roll. Okay. My number 25 film of 2018 
is a remake, an American remake of an Iranian film, I believe. It stars Maggie Gyllenhaal and is called The Kindergarten Teacher, directed by Sarah Colangelo. Huh. Did you rewatch this? Nope. What? You're putting <laughs> a fever dream movie in your top 25? Absolutely. Oh, I, my God. I thoroughly enjoyed it the first time I saw it. I love what it has to say about you creativity. Thoroughly enjoyed it. You thoroughly enjoyed it with a 103-degree fever. And when <laughs> I was sort of thinking about... I was thinking about this movie being a good companion piece with At Eternity's Gate. And it just made me... It was not my original 25 pick, but, you know, I would say my number 26 pick was Shirkers, but I decided to go with this one instead. Hmm. Okay. Chris, what do you got? My number 25 is RBG. I remember watching the documentary and being like, dang, that's one badass bitch. And that whole notion stuck with me. Yes. Ruth Bader Ginsburg fought for women's rights for years for you to call her a badass bitch. <laughs> what? Is that is that not an acceptable term? You do you, bud. I mean, it's not, not like I'm calling her a, a, a mean <laughs> name. I mean, it's a compliment. It has good intent behind it. She is one badass bitch. <laughs> we love what you've done. Thank you. Okay, my 25 film, which I actually substituted out about 15 minutes before the show started, is uh, a film by jean Stéphane Savier. I think that's how you pronounce his last name. Uh, Prayer Before Dawn. Mm. One I did uh, not see. Yeah, this was... I When it was in theaters, I kind of slept on it. Didn't really have much interest in it. And then I saw a review by Sean Baker that he called it one of the more visceral experiences of 2018. So that kind of started to spark my interest. And he's not wrong. It's a very gritty film. It's very intense. Um, It's about, it's based on a true story of a boxer named Billy Moore who gets incarcerated in a, uh, in a Thai prison. Oh, yeah. And um, it's really cool. So a lot of the film isn't subtitled. So they, you have all these guys that are yelling at him in Thai, and you have no clue what they're saying because he has no clue what they're saying. And you kind of, you kind of get a feel for what's going on just based on how they're reacting and how like impatient they are or like what they're doing. Um, and it's just a very like, intense film, and I had, I had a lot of fun with it. I would like to have seen that one. I like fighting movies. Yeah, you'll, you'll like this one. Then it was pretty good. All right. Um, my number 24 film of the year is one I saw a couple weeks ago. I did not mention it on the podcast because I knew it would be in my 25 and I wanted there to be some surprises along the way. Mm. So this is a Spanish film directed by Carlos Simone and it's called The Summer of 1993. And it's about a young girl as she starts to assimilate into, she basically gets put into a new family like her she goes to live with her uncle because her mother dies of aids and it's just a movie about you know family and trying to it's also about the resiliency of like the of a child and how she doesn't fully understand 
like what is going on around her and that almost makes it better for her because she can get over her grief quicker i guess because she doesn't fully understand the severity of her situation and it's just it's a it's a very good very moving movie and i liked it a lot Mm. nice how old was she i think she's like seven Oh, and the movie wow. is is autobiographical too. Like Carlos Simone's mother died of AIDS, and this movie is theoretically about her. Mm, okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> so my number twenty four is Blockers. <laughs> okay. Will you please yes. give the film its official title. <laughs> Cock Blockers. There you go. Um. I thought that it was very refreshing because it wasn't just the hilarity of the adults. It was the hilarity of the children as well. It added uh, a whole nother dynamic and its approach to um, child or young adult um, individuality. And what's the word I'm looking for? Individ- um Whatever. They're the power that they have to make their own decisions, I guess, was a v- very well handled. Everybody was enjoyable, John Cena especially. And that's all I have to say about blockers. Okay. Uh, my 24 is a film that we reviewed on the podcast. Where I'm not going to say anything about it, except that I am surprised that it made my 25. I would not have thought it would. Uh, a Star is Born. Interesting. Okay. Wow. By Bradley Cooper. Um, my okay. I'll go right along then because my twenty-three is one we've talked about, uh, not as a main review, but we've talked about it at length. Uh, my number twenty-three is Hereditary, directed by Ari Aster. Mm. Um, I tried my hardest to leave it off the list, despite Jacob. <laughs> and I know the a lot of the first hour and a half stuff works really, really well, so I put it on. I just watched this, like, not but two and a half hours ago. That's great. Good for you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, this one I, I watched over uh, New Year's break. Um, Mary Poppins Returns. <laughs> you that think was... I... <laughs> you... You think I'm fucking around? I am not. It, how was, I'm just curious. Was this list sent to you by like Universal Studios? Like, are you just <laughs> pumping you out every every big studio film that was released this year? What are you talking about? No, 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 no. <laughs> I got I got a couple on here. That, well, I, okay, I had limited time to watch movies, so I snuck in what I could. Um, Is your number one movie Aquaman? No, <laughs> it's not believe it or not, but um, I didn't. I, I toyed with the idea. But two Mary Poppins and returns... Two and a half stars, bud, you better think again at your number one film. <laughs> I saw your letterboxed review. I know, I know. Um, Mary Poppins Returns is very good. I really like the animation, um, and I was a big fan of the original Mary Poppins growing up as a kid. Julie Andrews is a saint. Um, and Emily Blunt approached it in not a new way, but she um, definitely sub separated herself enough from Julie Andrews because you couldn't just replicate that role. 
Um, I thought that the musical numbers were creative, enjoyable, and they didn't go with like super new age animation to go along with it. They kind of had like an old school Mary Poppins type feel to it, but not like so much so that it felt like they were trying to mimic it. <laughs> 23, Mary Poppins Returns, rock and roll. <laughs> okay, my number 23 is one I think we talked about a little bit. Um, it's Crystal Morcell's film Skate Kitchen. Oh, yeah. Just a Very fun. Good. Just a fun little hangout film about some girls skateboarding. Um, I liked it a lot more than mid-90s. Yeah, I, I really enjoy it. It was one that was tough for me to leave off, but I did. Mm, okay. Yeah, I, I, I flirt. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, these last, these last like, 5, 21 through 25, like, there were a bunch that I was substituting in and out. I wasn't sure what to put where, but this one ended, ended up making the cut. My number 23. Uh, my number 22 is a movie that's been mentioned already. It is Bradley Cooper's A Star is Born. Oh. Uh, it's probably one of the best theater experiences I've had this year. Uh, I think the music is great. Because you moved. cried? I almost did. I did not cry. Mm. I was really moved by the ending. Um, and probably my enjoyment for this movie is because I had such low expectations for it. But oh it's quite good. Never count the coop out. Number twenty-two, a star is born. The Cooper, the Cooper Scooper. <laughs> That's okay. That's funny. I'll take it. Um, my number twenty-two is something that um, I think we actually saw together, Zach, really early in the year. Um, Annihilation. We did see it together. That's right. I love that movie. I had a hard time adjusting to it as I was seeing it because I, I enjoy a movie that is literally just telling you a story with less going on around it. But this one was very different from how I approached all the other ones. And I enjoyed all of the creativity behind it, the originality, the um, possibilities at the end, kind of leaving it open-ended. It was That's my number 22. Okay. Uh, my number 22 is Boots Riley's Sorry to Bother You. Okay. Quite a fall from grace for me where it was halfway through the year, but I still enjoyed it. I still enjoyed it enough. I, I definitely think it's one of the top 25 films of the year. So there the it movie, is. Did the movie fall because of the movie's qualities itself or because you just had to put other stuff in front of it? Uh, it felt in quality a little bit. Like when I first watched it, like I was, I think I said on the show was I didn't, I don't think I really quite got the capitalist themes or like, it wasn't as prevalent to me. And then Zach and I were talking about it. And when I rewatched, I was like, holy shit, this is so over the head. It's almost condescending. How did I miss this? Yeah. So it kind of fell for me. And I think a lot of what I really enjoyed about it was the shock value of where the story went. And then when I rewatched it and knew what was going to happen, it just didn't have the same magic, which is the same thing with my 21 film, which we'll get to in a second. All right. Well, my 21 film is a near perfect film. So and perfect, 21. So perfect. It's at 21. Ooh. Again, it's one of those films that I almost put at my number one, just to spite you. 
It is Jeremy Saunier's Hold the Dark. <laughs> there it is. There it fucking is. I knew you weren't going to be so fucking spiteful. Oh, I really wanted to. There's no way you could have jumped that movie 20 spots. <laughs> Trust me, sir. When I can put my mind to something, I can do it. <laughs> All right. All right. Um, my number 21 was already mentioned. Um, Hereditary. Just watched it about two and a half hours ago, but um, it it made me poop my pants a little bit. And that's not want. that's not just because I'm sick. <laughs> um yeah i can't i can't remember the main character woman's name but she was very intriguing to me tony c tony c very intriguing woman my number 21 is chris's 22 it is alex garland's annihilation yeah nice. and i don't really have a whole lot to say about it what are we at 20 My number 20 is a stop-motion animation masterpiece directed by Wes Anderson, Isle of Dogs. Okay. Ah, That that was one of the ones I didn't get to see this year that I wanted to. Uh, It's a, uh, you know, it's gorgeous to look at. It's a lot of fun. It's funny. It's everything you expect pretty much from Wes Anderson. So, number 20. I, I really want to, like, all of Wes Anderson's movies. Then go ahead. Go to Best Buy. Go to Best Buy. I think it's on. I think it's on sale right now. Oh, I might have to. Um, my number twenty movie is Let the Sun Shine In. Good movie. Nice. I enjoyed its um, calm and drab nature. I will say Julia Pinoche is incredible in that movie. Yes, she is. But the movie itself kind of fell flat. Anywho, my number 20 is Barry Jenkins' If Beale Street Could Talk. Well, there. Um, yeah, just like I said, I think it was last week, the week before, a beautiful film. Um, I really enjoyed the two main actors a lot. Um, they really felt believable and real people and that's kind of what you want from a film to just get swept up in it so yeah, to let it go. rip you a new one <laughs> exactly um my number <sighs> 19 film of the year is the sisters brothers directed by jacques odiard cool that's a cool name uh, i rewatched this last weekend and you know a lot of the humor worked more for me the second time. Definitely the relationship between Joaquin Phoenix and John C. Riley worked more the second time. Um, yeah, I think Joaquin Phoenix is the best actor of this generation. And with three different performances this year, I think he has proved that. This is wildly entertaining, and you should seek it out. Wait, what are the three? This Don't one, worry, he won't get far and flip. Okay, that's the one. Yeah, that's this one. I one think of. And then you were never really here. Yeah, that's one I couldn't think of. You think he's the best actor of this generation? Absolutely, without a doubt. You don't think you think anybody else is in contention? If I said without a doubt, why would I think there would be someone else? Okay, who is number two? Maybe there is no my... number two. There is Joaquin Phoenix and everyone else. 
I think Michael Fassbender is really good. Do you, do you consider like Daniel Day Lewis part of that no, generation? No, he's not part of this older? generation. No. No. All right. All right. He's also all... retired. So. Whatever. He still applies. He acted. Well, he's not part of this generation, so no, he doesn't apply. Good sir. Whatever, Zach. Um, my number nineteen movie is Black Klansman. I thought it was fun. I don't really have a whole lot to say about Black Klansman. I just really enjoyed the movie. I, I think um Adam Driver is super cool, man. He is just dandy. Nice. Uh, my number nineteen is. Something I wa- I I watched it when it first came out. I haven't rewatched it since, so I'm kind of clinging on to that nostalgia. But it is Bart Layton's American Animals. Yeah, that's one that I wish I had revisited, but didn't have the time. Yeah, um, I just remember it being a lot of fun. I enjoyed a lot of the editing sequences of it, especially, um, and I really like the sort of uh, half film half documentary style of the film i thought it was really cool a nice touch like really added to the whole thing um yeah and that's why it's 19 all right my number 18 film um i believe i've talked about it before it is called support the girls directed by andrew bujalski mm-hmm. uh regina hall is amazing in this it's about just, you know, food service, pretty much. A day in the life of these food servers. And how, you know, you work with these people long enough, they become more than just co-workers. They become more than just, you know, friends. Like, they are your family away from your family. And, like, you do anything for those people. It's really, really quite good. The ending on top of the rooftop is beautifully shot and really moving. And it's very good. So it's not about supporting these girls? Well, I mean, they are supporting each other. They oh, okay. are girls who are supporting each other. All right. It's just, all right, geez, just asking. Um, my number 18 movie of the year was Avengers Infinity War. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's making the list, buddy. I'm just um, glad it's at five or something. No, 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 I'm not. That. I can live with it at 18. It's 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 one of the most entertaining theater experiences I have ever had. I just the seven movies you listed before this, I would imagine are better. I had a hard I had a hard time um, not putting uh, Black Klansman and um, Annihilation ahead of it. It was kind of a tussle with one another, but ultimately the theater experience that I had seeing that movie won out. It's okay. I can I can forgive you for that because Zach's gonna barf at my number ten. <laughs> it's gonna be it's into the Spider Verse. I already know. Maybe we'll know. We'll have to know in eight films. <laughs> Gross. All right. Uh, my number eighteen is Ali Abassi's Border. Uh, just a fun fantasy film. Uh, really well acted by the lead. I can't think of what her name is right now. I'm not going to take the time to look it up. Um, but yeah, about halfway through the film, it takes a really odd turn that's pretty that's pretty cool and unique and carries it through the rest of the film. And it's 
just a fun a fun two hours. That's all you can ask for. Those are the best ones, man. Yep. All right, Zach. My 17 film is one that I am sure will come up again for both of you. It is Yorgos Lanthimos' The Favorite. Oh, that's a lot lower than I thought it would be for you. <laughs> that is a lot lower. Yeah, I, like I said, it's, it's very funny. I love the performances. I like, I love the look of it. It's just, the story is very typical of a period drama. I just, I wish, Lanthimos' visual style is all over this, and the cadence of the dialogue, and, you know, the themes of bleak humanity, but I, just story-wise, I wasn't that engaged. I, like, just thought, I don't know. I just didn't care if any of these women got what they wanted because it seemed like what they wanted was stupid to me. So, at 17, I still enjoyed it quite a bit, but it's lower tier Lanthimos and definitely not top 10 worthy. Okay. Wow, harsh. All right. um, Can't be right all the time. (laughs) My number 17 movie is Thunder Road. Yep. Jim, Jim Cummings' performance was... Stellar. He had, there was a couple. There was like one thing that I was kind of just sitting there, just like oof, oof, oof. But besides that, all it was near perfect. It was you could really tell that he really tried and put all he had into this movie. And I'm excited to see his next movie, whenever it shall come out. I think they're filming it right now. Yeah, isn't it supposed to be like a horror movie or something? I think so. Really. Hmm. I'd be interested to see that. Speaking of horror films, number 17 for me is Luca Guadagno's Suspiria. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, it is a little bit lengthier. Some parts drag a little bit, which I think is why it fell down so far in my list. But I still had a lot of fun with it. Um, Dakota Johnson? Is that her name? Yeah. Dakota Johnson is incredible in it. Um, if she acted like this, like she in like she, if she acted this way in Fifty Shades of Grey trilogy, those movies would be so much better. Like she's amazing. All right, uh, that that's where I draw the line, Jake. You don't shit on Mr. Grey. All right. Hashtag not my Christian. Um, <laughs> His no. number nine film is Fifty Shades Freed. Number nine, <laughs> bump that number up a couple, bud. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I won't really say too much about it. Continue. All right, number 16. My number 16 film is one that I'm sure Jacob will talk about much later in the show. Uh, Chris, I don't think has seen it yet. It is Sam Levinson's Assassination Nation. Oh. Uh, wildly entertaining. Um, you know, I like... The core performances by these four girls. I love the constant repetition of red, white, and blue. The violence is great. Uh, the reason it's so low for me is that I felt you know where it's going the whole time, and it just sort of takes a little too long to get there. Uh, there's a fantastic single take, like home invasion scene that is amazing. I also thought that the ending was kind of a dud. So, number 16, Assassination Nation. All right. My number 16 movie of 2018 is Black Panther. 
Okay. Yeah, it was just an overall enjoyable experience. Michael B. Jordan's performance was absolutely stellar. He was one of my favorite villains I think I've seen in the past five years. Well, you only have 37 to choose from. Yeah, well. Let me add, Let me. I'm just going to go ahead and add that to my most disappointing. Black <laughs> Panther? I, I think I gave Black Panther a one and a half. Wow, dude, that's harsh. Yeah, I think it sucks. All right, well, you know, <laughs> you can lick my dick. <laughs> I think it's one of the worst looking movies I've ever seen. What are you talking about? Wakanda's gorgeous. I think Wakanda looks terrible. Why? Why? It's just... <sighs> I can't even explain it to you. It's it's similar to how I feel about John Favreau's The Jungle Book, where it's like, let's not even try to find a location. We're just going to green screen everything and CGI it. And this whole movie is just post-production work. It's not a movie. It's a fucking computer program. That's what Marvel is. It doesn't feel like a movie. It feels just like garbage. That's what Marvel movies are, though. That's why I don't like them. All right, well, somebody's hating on the future of cinema, but whatever. What was that, 16? Yeah. Yeah. Wait, that was, wait, who said, oh, Chris said Black, oh, duh, obviously. Okay. (laughs) My number 16 was Blind Spotting. Mm-hmm. Uh, was in my top 10 a lot of the year then it got pushed out for some other things and I never got a chance to revisit it so currently it, it fell a little bit but do not let that deter you I enjoyed it quite a bit mm-hmm. the, the two main mm-hmm. performances are excellent plus they wrote it themselves so that's like really fucking cool too yeah alright All right. Right. 15 Number 15 film of the year features what I think is the second best male performance of the year. It is Lynn Ramsey's You Were Never Really Here. Mm, mm, mm. I really, really, this is the one movie that I struggled with not having in the top 10. I, I love this movie. I really don't know what I dis, I don't think I dislike anything. I think that just says something more about the next 14 movies and how great they are. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. Um, my number 15 movie is The Death of Stalin. Its uh, humor was super cool, especially in a situation that you wouldn't typically see humor. Um, definitely didn't expect Steve Buscemi to be that funny. Because I've seen him in Grown Ups, all right? So, yeah. Death of Stalin, number 15. You don't remember him from Mr. Deeds? Mr. Deeds. No, no. Him is Crazy Eye Steve and is is a freaking riot. But that was was younger Steve Buscemi (laughs) because I bet that guy's looked 40 since he was like eight years old. (laughs) (laughs) True. If you like the death of Stalin, then you should watch Veep because that's basically what it feels like. I, I watched I watched the first half of an episode of Veep, and then I decided to go back and watch Game of Thrones. So it's on my to do list. Didn't just didn't interest you. Can't even oh, spare twenty eight minutes to watch one episode. It interests me. It does interest me. It's just I'm more interested in Game of Thrones right now, especially since I'm on season seven, about oh, halfway shit, through. That- 
Yeah. Oh shit. Is that your number one movie of the year, Game of Thrones? Um, no, I wouldn't put it there, but you know, it would be <laughs> in my top five. Black Mirror Bandersnatch, bro. Pick your own experience. <laughs> Uh, my number 15 is Zach's number 15, Lynn Ramsey's You Were Never Really Here. Well, look at that. Look and look at that. Is that like when we have like an, a sound bit of an alarm going off? As what? As, there's, there's some agreement? No, as a, as a complete agreement. Oh, yeah. Something, yeah. Mag- something magical has happened. He's finally not wrong. You, you two actually agree on something. Yeah, right? Well, we agree on a lot of things, just not on this show. Hmm. Uh, okay. 14. My number 14 has been mentioned by both of you. It is writer-director Alex Garland's Annihilation. Hmm. That's high. Yeah, it was a lot lower until... And on the verge of not even being on the list until I rewatched it. I think it has the greatest scene of the year with Natalie Portman and the alien mirroring each other. I think visually that's probably the best thing I've seen all year. Um, I, yeah, I just, I love it. I like it a lot. Natalie Portman's great. Um, I love this, the visual effects in the world and the bear and, you know, this idea of human beings destroying themselves and, Basically how it's inevitable and there's nothing we can do to stop ourselves from destroying ourselves. And it's, you know, when you think of it like that, it's kind of a downer. But watching it was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun to you? Yeah. (laughs) Sitting there and watching people get picked off is fun to you? Yeah. 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 Um, What did you think of the look of the shimmer? I love it. I do too. Yeah, I'm a big fan. I've heard a lot of people say they don't like it. Don't I like that. Wrong. I like that. It, it, it seems um, kind of transparent, but it's really not. And that could, that's more of just like a decision, the decision that they made to make it so you can't really see inside, which was yeah. super cool. I, you guys, I, have you I the bought book? the book. I haven't read yeah. it yet. It's I really nothing like the movie. I really like. Um, I'd forgotten about this time we watched it. Like the last thirty seconds. Where, like, they acknowledge that they are not who they are supposed to be. Mm-hmm. I think that's... I don't think there's going to be a sequel. But I think there could be a really interesting one made. Didn't Alex Garland say, like, no, I just, just want one and done? Yeah, he's he said he won't make one. That doesn't mean there won't be one made. Right, but... right, right. So he's yeah. a one-pump chump, is essentially what you're telling me. <laughs> I... No. Or he's just saying... Fuck the franchises, you piece well, the of movie, shit. Well, the movie didn't do well enough to, like, warrant a sequel, but... That yeah, it also had a, well? It had a really weird, like, release. Like, it wasn't even released in theaters in the UK. It went straight to their yeah, Netflix. I saw it in theaters, and then a week later, or maybe, like, a month later, it was on Netflix. So, like, mm-hmm. most of the world did not get a theater experience for this movie. This movie it's, went to Netflix? Yeah. But now it's gone? Uh, I don't know. It might not be. A, it was on there for a while. That's weird. They, I never saw it on there. It's on Hulu right now. So maybe huh, it's on Netflix weird. and other parts of the world, just not the United States. Weird. Okay. 
Chris, what you got at 14? My number 14 is another Natalie Portman movie, Vox Lux. And really, that's, that's, that, that's, <laughs> that is all props to her, honestly. I mean, the movie, the movie itself is, is a good movie. Uh, Jude Law, I thought, did pretty good. He did a good job. Um, and the movie, after the first 45 minutes, if, it, if they could have replicated the first 45 minutes or the, the, the end of the movie in the first 45 minutes as far as quality, I probably would have had it in my top five. But um, unfortunately, it fell flat there. But overall, Natalie Portman brought it up to 14. Yep, she is quite good. Uh, she's good. She's really good. Uh, my number 14 is Julian Schnabel's At Eternity's Gate. Uh, def- probably up there with Willem with Defoe's better performances in his career. Um, yeah, it's a great film. It's beautiful. It's an interesting look at, you know, the, like, what beauty that we see in the world compared to what others see. And, um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's really cool. It has a lot of really cool editing techniques to sort of give you, get you into the mindset and perspective of Van Gogh, which I thought was really cool. Um, yeah, I hope, uh, I hope Willem Dafoe gets some Oscar recognition for this one. We'll see. Maybe we'll win a Golden Globe tomorrow. Maybe. <laughs> All right, my number 13 has already been mentioned. It is Blind Spotting, directed by Carlos Lopez Estrada. Um, Chris has made some very wild claims that this is the funniest movie of the year. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's so fucking funny. It's certainly not that, but it is very good. It is you know, I love the setting of Oakland. I love the idea that these people are like movers and they just go into these like crappy places and move people's shit. Uh the end rap sequence is very intense and well shot and is a freaking great. Um I love the character of Miles and like yeah, we can sell anything. I really love the scene where he goes into like the uh, the beauty salon and is like trying to sell these hair straighteners to all the yeah. women in the beauty salon. Mm. Um, there's some great imagery in this, and it's it's everything that I wish Black Klansman was in terms yeah. of what it's trying to say about race. Um, and also, um, it's not the funniest movie of the year anymore. Um, the death of Stalin was the funniest movie of the year. I said, I said, I said, that's where comedy should be heading. Where there already has been for six years. Nope. I'm not, I'm talking about, um, blind spottings humor. It should go more in that direction in a more creative direction than just shove a tube up my ass and funnel beer down there. But like, how is, how is riffing among friends anything new? I'm not saying riffing among friends is anything new. It's more of just like that's the, what you claimed is the funniest part. Nope, nope. It's the hit him hard, hit him fast humor. I, don't, I oh. guess I don't see that in there. Like, um, are, do you mean like literally? Like, you're hitting yeah, them I, hard. You're hitting them fast. That constant repetition of you're just like I have no idea what the fuck is going on, but it's still funny. Like at the end, 
And then he's sitting there. He's like, I have no idea what just happened, but he sold a boat. So he was happy that humor. And then when he's standing on the table, selling the curling irons, they hit him hard, hit him fast style of humor. I don't want to see another movie. Try to do that. Like I already have it. I don't want to see this just replicated over and over again. It's not replicated because you can take um, a certain style. It's like, it's like, um, uh, it's like, uh, space movies. Space movies are generally have similar things going on about them, but they're handled differently. I guess. What do you mean you guess? Well, like, <laughs> I don't think space movies, a very, very broad category, and this style of comedy, which is very, very specific, are comparable. Okay. So okay. tell me the um, similarities between Star Wars and Interstellar. Besides uh, the fact that they are in space. Okay, hold on. Maybe the space one was a bad example. I'll own up to that. <laughs> but uh, let me let me let me think of a better one. Um, fuck, I'm drawing a blank. But anyways, I think the, if this movie is funny to you, it is because it's a style of comedy that you haven't seen before, and so it shouldn't just be replicated until it dies. You should. That's what you should be looking for. Is just a new way to bring humor. And I'm not saying that you should beat it over the head beat people over the head with it you know i'm not saying you should do that but incorporate because like the movies that they're putting out have they've been putting out the same style of comedy for like i don't know fucking 20 years so they need to incorporate new blood they need to incorporate new kind of ways of going about the joke that's what i'm trying to say this is this is a new way of going about the joke that is actually fresh and funny I feel like you can make the argument that the whole hit him hard, hit him fast is something that Quentin Tarantino's been doing since like the nineties. Mm, not quite. Not not quite to this degree. You don't really? No. Huh. Not not quite to this degree that blind spotting did. Okay. But what you are describing, there's only two scenes of in the whole movie. Mm, there yeah. Yeah. It's enough. <laughs> there Chris, were what's your 13 movie of the year? Whatever. Um, <laughs> huh? Wait, who said? Bl- oh, Zach, you said. I blind said blind spotting. Yeah. That's right. My number 13 movie of the year was Private Life. Hmm. Yeah, I like uh, I like Paul Giamatti and Catherine Hahn together. They were good. They I were want them to good. date in real life. I don't know about that. That seems oddly specific. <laughs> I'd like to see it happen. Um, I thought it was cool. I thought it was um, an enjoyable film to sit down and watch on a Sunday afternoon or whenever I watched it. Okay. Uh, my number 13 is Won't You Be My Neighbor, the Fred Rogers documentary. Mm-hmm. Uh, quite a beautiful film that takes a look at the life of Fred Rogers and when you walk out of it, you kind of realize that there is no one on this earth as genuine as Fred Rogers, nor will there ever be. And that's kind of sad. Um, but he was a great person. It's a great documentary. You also learned that he was not a military sniper. And that's a little disappointing. He didn't kill 13 people in Vietnam? He did not. Oh, shit. Well, is that a rumor about him? Is that someone, something someone said? Yeah, I remember being in middle school and telling everyone that Fred Rogers was like a Navy SEAL. Like that was something that kids actually believed when I was yeah. in middle school. 
That that's like one of those one of those things. Like uh, Marilyn Manson got two of his ribs removed so he could suck his own dick. Yeah, like yeah. this yeah, is one did, of those things that like went around and that people believed. Yeah, where did these come from? I, some the genius, some genius is sitting in a room thinking of this shit. Do you think it's like it's like Ripley's Believe It or Not? Like I always used to think that book was like half of it was true, then half of it wasn't true, and you it's like which one is true? <laughs> It's like, so just like, like you gonna believe it or not? Ripley's Ripley's goal is to just teach kids to question everything. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Zach, what's your number twelve? My number twelve is a movie um, that features Willem Dafoe and is directed by Julian Schnabel. It is called At Eternity's Gate. Uh, it's the best biopic of the year. Uh, frankly, the last one I ever want to see. And, you know, it's gorgeous. Willem Dafoe's great. I love the cinematography. Usually the shakiness, the handheld stuff doesn't work for me, but I think it really works in this film particularly. Um, yeah, I just think Vincent Van Gogh's an interesting guy, and they chose a very interesting period of his life to look at. And it's a very good movie. Good job. You did good. <laughs> good job. Thumbs up. Um, all right, my turn. My up. You're up. My number 12 movie of the year is Mission Impossible Fallout. Woo! The action sequences are very enjoyable. I, I usually don't like Tom Cruise in movies, but I enjoyed him in this one. Um. Does your love of blockbusters outweigh your hatred of Tom Cruise? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think that uh, I think I've uh, come to that conclusion too. And yeah, Mich- Rebecca Ferguson. Rebecca Ferguson. She's great. No, I like um, Simon Pegg though. Okay. I'm a big Simon Pegg fan. In what I've seen, at least. I love how Simon Pegg said that he would never star in a movie like that, and now he's been in three of them. <laughs> Fucking sellout. Take that, Mr. Pegg. Dude, he's just making that shmoney, okay? It's true. Let, let the boy get paid. All right, fair enough. Okay, my number 12 is Peter Jackson's... Oh, which one is it? Immortal Engines? Ah, no, just kidding. <laughs> That's uh, only they- produced by Peter Jackson. Oh, touche, touche. Uh, it's They Shall Not Grow Old. Uh, World it's War One documentary. Very high? Why? You, don't, you think that's too high? I wouldn't. It's not even... It's not in my... I think it's quite good. It's not in my 25, but... You're dead fucking wrong. Because it was beautiful. <laughs> the entire time, I was very captivated. I loved it. Oh, you know what your problem was, too? You didn't see it in theater. I did not, no. I saw it in theater. Oh, look at me. Look at me. I live in Colorado. They have all kinds of theaters. Yes, they do. Also, no one sounds like that in Colorado. Um, Colorado's a a Russian... It's a Russian commune. Yeah. Uh, no, but it's quite great. It's really, it's really cool to see some of the World War One, World War One footage, um, sort of colored and remastered, and being able to see that and it's quite a cool feat, for just from Peter Jackson himself, like how they were able to pull this off. 
and I really enjoyed the story of it. Um, I, I like that they chose to sort of just look at the mundane aspects of World War One and kind of balance that against you know what the soldiers thought they were getting themselves into, and they they, they were going to fight the Nazis for for um, for England, and they were going to be these big heroes, and then come to find out they're just digging trenches most of the time. So it was cool to see like that balance of it and just show the day-to-day life of a soldier and i thought it was quite great um my number 11 film of the year i have called on the show the perfect film it is a modern action thriller masterpiece directed by chris McHugh. mission impossible fallout that placement i was super stoked on that i thought you were gonna go in a different direction there hurricane heist yeah (laughs) yeah man (laughs) that that big pilot dog shit you know this movie is thrilling from beginning to end tom cruise is great the action is amazing and then like i said Every time they do the old switcheroo and they someone pulls their face off, what <laughs> gets me every time? Yeah, that's true. Six, they're still pulling off classic uh, uh, Mission Impossible two switching baits. Or they bait still switch. have it. Yeah, but it still works. Like you don't realize it, but it works to this day. <laughs> you're like, you're like. The day they don't make a Mission Impossible movie is when the, that no longer works. <laughs> well, it's just like, like like that scene where they're interrogating that guy and like they have the fake news coverage and Wolf Blitzer, and like you're like, first of all, you're like, oh shit, they succeeded with their bombs. Where is this movie gonna go now? Like only twenty minutes in, and then like the guy tells them what they need to know, and Simon Pegg pulls it off. You're like, what? Yeah, it <laughs> was no. fake. You're like, oh, they wouldn't do it again. They wouldn't do it for for four movies in a row. But and they do they it do three it times for... in the movie. <laughs> it works all three. <laughs> it's great, man. It's great. All right. I also like that you learned that Ethan Hunt has morals. He will not kill police. Mm. He is he is dedicated to the cause, but he also has his own beliefs that he will not compromise. Hey man, He's blue a true lives matter. Action hero. Blue lives matter, man. All right. All right. My number eleven movie of the year is First and Reform. Chris's top twenty-five is presented by Mike Pence. <laughs> Whatever, man. Um, First Reformed is my number eleven movie of the year. Good job. It You're was wrong. okay. It was good. It was a really good movie. I enjoyed it very much. Um, Ethan Hawke was substantial it just I couldn't put it any higher because of the caliber of movies that I put above it that, and how much I enjoyed them like what Ant-Man and the Wasp I can't wait to see what's <laughs> up coming up <clears throat> the caliber of movies ahead are better than first performed my can't ex- wait my experience watching them was a lot better than watching not a lot but was better than watching first or my number nine movie of the year is mowgli my number <laughs> seven movie of the year is bumblebee 
as he's like re checking his emails to see which one Universal is giving him some money for. <laughs> oh no, my internet cut out, so I wasn't able to see Zach insult me. That sucks. My okay, I'll do it again. <laughs> <laughs> Are you all good, Chris? This was your number eleven. You have anything else to say? Uh, nope. Cool. I, I, My <laughs> number eleven is Hirokatsu Koreeda's Shoplifters. As I had mentioned before, um, this film, for whatever reason, just kind of hit a hit a soft spot in me. I I liked it quite a bit. Um, I really liked the characters a lot. I mean, I think this movie could have gone on another forty five minutes to an hour, and I would have just gone along with the ride. I really liked the characters. I really liked. Uh. Y'all interacted. Bless you. Um, and I really like the theme. I, I really like the theme of like what it means to be a family. Um, I thought they touched on that really well, and it was quite good. I tried to fit it in my top ten, but it just wasn't going to work. The caliber of films above it are just too great. It's true. It hit a it hit a soft spot in you. Did it, Jake? Wink, it wink. Hit a, it hit a soft spot. Wink, wink. My <laughs> My butthole. <laughs> Jacob is also a shoplifter. And I'm also a shoplifter. So I got, a, some great, I got some great tips. It was a, it, it hit true to home because, you know, you're just so good at stealing things. It hit true to home because I was an orf, a Japanese orphan who had a shoplift. Shit. I do right. like to take things. Like... What is Not this like... Zach admitting to crimes? <laughs> Do you really want to admit this on the podcast, Zach? <laughs> Not like from stores. Like I haven't escalated to there yet. But friends like just friends' houses. <laughs> well, like say like you know I'm at work and I like to get like really close to one of the counter people selling parts. And when they put their pen down, I like to just take it and see how long it takes for them to realize that I have it. And it's like I have no interest in keeping this person's pen it's just the thrill of the chase of getting you have you have like seven quarter inch screws in your (laughs) like in your drawers and shit that you've just taken i don't know what i'm gonna do with this lug nut but i just fucking want it (laughs) he's got he's got a giant cardboard box in his in his closet just full of little knickknacks he's taken over the years (laughs) he's like a serial killer taking something from the his victims i have my trophies (laughs) (laughs) all right uh before we get into our top 10 i have to wee so i will be right back okay yeah i might as well as well all right drum roll (laughs) top 10 Stars off, Zach. My number 10 film of the year is a Chicago-based heist thriller from director Steve McQueen, Widows. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would love to rewatch this movie. I can't wait to rewatch this movie. I thought, you know, Viola Davis is great. I think all the women in this movie are great. Uh, the heist stuff is great. Daniel Kaluuya is amazing. I it was just a very thrilling watch, and especially in a theater, it was amazing. And I love this movie. I really want to see that movie. It's quite good. Quite good. 
All right, let's hear it, Chris. What's number 10? All right, my number 10 is Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Yeah. Yeah. There it is. Mm. Yeah. It was coming eventually. It's 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 super entertaining. The mm. best Spider-Man movie to come out. Ever. Wrong. Not true. Better than Tobey Maguire's version. Um, when was the last time you watched a Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movie? Like... Five months ago, maybe. Bullshit. Yeah, there was a second one, but still. Second one's amazing. Second one's okay. Oh. All right. It's no, it's no Willem Dafoe as Green Goblin, but it's it's still pretty good. Um, the animation was really cool. The sequences were really cool. Um, they didn't really beat anything over the head as far as um. You know, normal superhero movies do. Um, just an enjoyable flick all around. Well, Chris, my number 10 is also Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. That was an alarm. The alarm's going off. Um, what can I say? It's one of the best theater experiences of the year. You I loved it. There. I love the animation. Oh, Into the Spider-Verse is so great. None of you are going to talk about Hold the Dark. Yeah. What no, can I say? Tragedy. It was a hell of a... It was awesome animation. Um, I had a lot of fun. I didn't know nothing. I didn't know anything about this film. Went in completely blind. And I liked it. I, was, I loved it. What can I say? I'm just as surprised as you guys are. Mm. Into the Spider-Verse tickled my nuts. And also, Nicolas Cage is one of the Spider-Men. Come on. Come on. That's true. That's true. All right, Zach. Number nine. All right, let's talk about real movies. <laughs> My number nine film of the year is a South Korean thriller, Lee Chang-dong's Burning. <laughs> ah. This movie is so great. Uh, it goes to very unexpected places. I wasn't expecting. And yeah. I thought it it looks amazing. Um, Steven Yoon is very good in this movie. Excellent. Um, I really like sort of like, you know, what the film is commenting on with class and the metaphor of the burning. And, you know, I think, you know, it is two and a half hours long, but like, when you think about it, when you get to the hour point, that's when it really starts to unfold. I think a lot of people, when making this movie, would have sort of breezed through that first hour and maybe 15 minutes. But because it really sets up this character relationship between all three of them, I think it works even more. And I love that they took the time to just let it breathe and let it unfold naturally. Mm-hmm. And it's it's very good. Top 10 good, I huh? I agree. Top 10. Number 9, to be specific. Mm. <laughs> Doesn't that have the guy from The Walking Dead? Steven Yoon, yeah. Steven Yoon. That's Steven Yoon. Mm. Yep. Man, I always hated Glenn. That's great. Oh, well. number, number 9, bud. My number 9 is uh, You Were Never Really Here. Nice. I... Um, like 
the mm-hmm. one thing that stuck out to me about this movie the most was its length. It could have gone longer, but it didn't. It was about like 90-something minutes long. I really like movies that are about an hour and a half. Got a thing for him. Joaquin Phoenix gave one of the best performances of the year in that movie. Um, I understand why Zach says he's the greatest actor of our generation. I get it. Um, well, he's not really part of our generation, but of that generation. Um, yeah, I thought it was very enjoyable. He, okay. It was a very subtle performance by Joaquin Phoenix. Nice. My number nine has my second favorite male performance of the year. Um, probably could go up on a rewatch. It is Paul Schrader's First Reformed. Ooh. Um, I did like this. I do like this movie quite a bit. Um, some of the themes that it hits on didn't really occur to me until well after the movie was over. Um, like just from listening to podcasts and the interview with Paul Schrader. So I think it'll be really cool now that I kind of get what he's trying to get across with the film to go back and see it and like carry those themes with me. But, but I, I knew for a certain it would be a top 10 film for me. I am surprised that I have it the highest out of any of us. Are you surprised by that? I, I don't know. Things surprise <laughs> me sometimes. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised either. You're you're an Ethan Hawke junkie. I do love the Hawkinator. The Hawkinator. Hawkman. All right, hit me with my your number eight. My number eight film is a social satire commenting on sort of what it means to be celebrity in a much more effective way than A Star Is Born does. Directed by Brady Corbet, starring Natalie Portman. It is Fox Lux. It's Corbett. <laughs> it's, I'm going to say Corbett. It sounds better. It's Corbett. I listened you, to an interview with him this morning. He's, it's Corbett. Yeah, Corbett, you pretentious bitch. You think he would... I bet if he had the choice, he would... Do I Corbett. think he would pronounce his last name wrong? No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I guess there's really no way to be sure. <laughs> I mean, I mean, yeah, he true. does. Can, pr- I, can any of us be sure? There's really no way of knowing. Uh, this, I think Natalie Portman gives the best performance of the year, both male and female. Wow. This is my by far my favorite performance. I could watch her all day long. Mm-hmm. I love that hour that she's there. Unlike Chris, I do not think. That the the movie I like, I get what you're saying about the first half, but I think that it's necessary. No, I get that for it's it to necessary. be the way that it is. I get that it's necessary, and it's not like it's it's hor- a horrible 45 minutes. It's just in comparison to where it goes, it falls flat. I think the movie starts with the bang. Literally, I was not oh. expecting that. No, I wasn't either. Um, I just, I love the commentary on, like, you know, stardom that's born out of tragedy and what it means to be a celebrity and how you're always asked about things that maybe you have no business commenting on. Like, they are always looked towards for the answers to real-life violence, and 
in actuality, they are no different than you and I, where they have no idea what to do to stop real-world violence. So, like, I don't know, that stuff is interesting. I love, you know, a drunk, coked-out Natalie Portman (laughs) slowing through the hallways of her hotel room. I think that final performance is great, and how, like... You know, you, you have her sister and her daughter, which she has said terrible things to you and, like, has wronged and fucked over so many times. But, you know, it comes back to this idea where, you know, I think Corbett, if that is his real name, it has is. said that the person he compares Natalie Portman to the most is Kanye West. And it's like, I see that. no matter... No matter what Kanye West does, no matter what he says publicly, there will always be people that love him and that defend him. And that's sort of what you get with this ending where they have no reason to even like this woman. But yet when she's performing, they like smile and are having a good time. And it's like no matter what she does, she will always have fans. She will always have supporters. It's just it's very good. Very well made. This every one. I'm not going to lie. When I watch this movie, um, for the, f- I had a hard time not picturing <laughs> Natalie Portman in that SNL skit. <laughs> the Natalie's well, rap. The Natalie's rap. When I wish they- that's what they would have chose for a song to perform. Well, honestly, I was sitting there and I was just like, "This is this is kind of similar to to the SNL skit. Like they're just making a spoof, man." Damn, Natalie, you a crazy chick. Shut the fuck up and suck my dick. <laughs> all right my uh i'm up i'm up my number eight movie of the year is skate kitchen Ooh, yeah that was that was one of that was probably one that was one of the best watches i've had um it because like where mid 90s really didn't shine skate kitchen kind of did the actual skating in the movie was enjoyable. The performances were all pretty nice. Um, as a movie, it was seemed it blended well from one point to the next, to the next, to the next. Um, I thought the New York City landscape was a very good choice in comparison to mid nineties, which was semi small town. Um, yeah, I, mean, I wasn't I... expecting Jaden Smith, and I thought Jaden Smith did a nice performance beyond the fact that he's Jaden Smith like you would think you would put out I mean he is a rap sensation it's true he did he did wear a white Batman suit that video is amazing I love it I haven't seen it in a while so I can't judge I will I do like mid 90s I just I think this movie and that movie are trying to do different things they are trying to do. They obviously are being compared because they're skateboarding movies, but I, I do think they are at the heart of it trying to do something different. I think both are good in their own right, but you're right. If I had to pick one to watch again, it's Skate Kitchen. Skate Kitchen, ten out of ten. I mean, I'm excited to see where Jonah Hill goes from here, but you know, you can only do so much on your first feature film. Yep. <clears throat> All right, my number eight is Zach's number nine, Leeching Dong's Burning. Um, 
after I finished watching it, I texted Zach, and we had a kind of interesting little back and forth for a couple texts about how you can interpret the film. And I think there's a couple different ways that you can interpret it and look at it. And I think there's enough evidence to support both. And so I always really enjoy movies like that. Kind of reminds me of Enemy in a bit, or in a in a way. Um, I also I really enjoyed it. Like, and I agree with what Zach said that the whole first hour is a uh, way for it slow burn. But I think it works like it works really well to sort of set up these characters and sort of get you involved with them to then play out for the rest of the hour and a half. And it's directed very well. It looks great. Um, and I would say everything in this movie is very particularly laid out. There's a reason everything is there. And it's very meticulously crafted, and I enjoyed it quite a bit. Agreed. Oh, boy, my number seven. Mm-hmm. I've been holding on to this one. I haven't said a word about it. Oh, boy. My number seven film of the year is a French-Belgium co-production that is a truly invigorating watch. It is directed by Helene Catet and Bruno Forzani, and it is called Let the Corpses Tan. Hmm. This film is exhilarating from start to finish. It's about... These people who steal like 300 pounds worth of gold, and then, and then they're in their, they're basically in like in their hiding spot where they're playing to lay low, but then two police show up and they basically, all of them are basically trying to figure out how they can fuck over everybody else and take the gold for themselves and get away. And it's a nonstop just like thrill ride. It's constantly throwing different images at you, images that it doesn't explain. Just cut, 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 cut. It's so good. There's a lot of, uh, similar to, like, Revenge, maybe it's a, it's a French thing. It's a lot of, like, peeing on things. Some imagery of that in the movie. <laughs> Are you sure this qualifies for 2018? I'm positive. Really? What were you looking at? The IMDb release dates in different countries. Well, so how did you decide? Because it came out 2017 in France. Right. I don't live in France. I live in the United States. Hasn't even got a United States release yet, has it? Yeah, it had. It played limited select cities this year. If you say so. Now, do you actually get to see Corpses Tan? Uh, I think it's a metaphor, but <laughs> no. <laughs> then I am not seeing that movie. They there are bold-faced liars. There's a very interesting, like, Grim Reaper slash Mother Mary figure in the movie, and it's something you don't kind of figure out until the end. It's it's very good. I would say it's kind of like... How do I want to describe it? It's like if... Hmm... Kind of Quentin Tarantino like, like it has sort of that editing vibe to it. But it's like if he if he did like a a French heist movie, I guess mm. it would be this. I can dig. It's I you guys need to watch it. 
That's Chris, maybe everything. it's not your cup of tea, but yeah, you, you think you think no, none of these movies are my cup of tea. I'm, I, well, it doesn't feature a single superhero, so you might not like it. <laughs> I very much want to see it, so. Right, well, I'm writing it down, and I'm gonna watch it despite you fuckers. Good. All right, my number seven movie of the year is. Chris, I also really hate Hold the Dark. You should watch that again to spite me. I'm not watching Hold the Dark. <laughs> it fucking sucks, dude. <laughs> <laughs> It's not a good movie. Um, my number seven movie of the year is The Favorite. Okay. Everything that can be said about The Favorite has already been said. Besides, um, you know, it's enjoyable. I went alone, sat in a th- movie theater with like two other people, so it was super quiet and nice. No old ladies jibber jabbering in my ear. Oh, I said next to two young people that I wanted to strangle. It's always, it's always the couples. Rachel and I sat next to an older couple that were very put off by the word cunt. Well, that'll do it. I think it's a pretty nice word, actually. <laughs> <laughs> okay. My number seven is... Sam Levinson's Assassination Nation. Wait a second. <laughs> what? You're going to give this bad boy a 6 out of 5 and it's sitting at number 7? Yeah, for sure. So does that Think mean about- your others... Is this just... We're at the point now where you're just ranking your 6 out of 5s? No. I had then two what the of- fuck is it doing here? <laughs> okay. <laughs> so a star rating is you take the film, just the film. I don't do a Chris's thing where you rate it in the history of time. Like, where does this compare with The Godfather? Where you're like, okay, if this thing take- is a plus one. <laughs> now divide that by two to take the square root of four, and that's your star rating. Shut your lips and listen. <laughs> it's, you take what the movie sets out to do, and how well does it do it? And in my opinion... What this movie set out to do, the way it did it, I loved it. I thought it was great. Six out of five. Now, it did can't I like? Be a six out of five and sit at number seven. Of course it can. No, it can't. One, you said one... that star ratings don't matter, Zach. You they specifically don't. Said but if that... you're going to give, if you're going to go above and beyond to give a six <laughs> out of five, then it should mean something. It does mean something. In my top ten of the year. If I was going to give two movies this year a six out of five, they would be my one and two. Those are the two movies that I would give six out of fives to. Well, that's Dude. Zach Searles' top ten in the 2018. Not Zach Searles'. Any rational Zach human being's top ten. And no, first off, I agree with Jake's rating system as you judge a movie based on what it's supposed to do. I agree with him on that. Thank I you, just wanted to make that note. What it's supposed to do could be conflicting to every single person who watches it. Every that's, single why, person. What do you, that's why it's not a six or a five or a four, whatever for you. And then it is for me. You looked at it and said, this did it, whatever reason, this didn't do it for me. So you gave it whatever you gave it. I gave it a four and a half. It. Okay, fine. I watched it, really loved the visual styles, reminded me a lot of Harmony Corinne's Spring Breakers, which I love a lot. So there was already some things going for me. Uh, <laughs> One of the other things that they put in there just worked this for me. This is nonsense. It. And it the six out of five states, like the idea behind it is that these movies are so good 
that the five-star system is just not enough. They go above and beyond that. So you give them the six. If we, if you could have a six out of five sit at number seven, then what's the point of limiting it to just two? Why couldn't you just give any movie you wanted a six out of five? It makes it not special if it's not going to take one of those two one to two slots. <laughs> it makes Zach. no sense. Oh, Zach. man. You are limiting yourself, bro. You're saying... So that's you're, a, wait, wait. Oh, so yeah. Your my, top, my number so 25 film, The Kindergarten Teacher, a 6 out of 5. But it's only <laughs> wait, number 25. So, wait. So, based on your argument, then, your top 25 should all be in descending order from, like, all in, in star ratings. No. Why not? Why not? You're, that's you're literally 20, what you're saying, dude. No, you're saying you're, that it should go descending four, in star rating four, unless it's a 6-star... It's all there, six star is only when it matters. Automatically one. You're, and then you're top, giving and then a five star is automatically three, four, five, however many you gave. No, then four no, no, and a half. No. Down no. to like seven, eight, nine, ten. And then I, four stars. Eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen. I okay, I gave the kindergarten teacher a four four and a half. It's at twenty five. I gave the favorite a four and it's at seventeen. So I do not think that that is true. But I think if you're going to go out of your way to say that this movie does it so great that it's more than a five-star movie, it cannot sit at number seven. You're just li- you're just limiting yourself, bro. This is nonsense. <laughs> Zach, You need to open your all... eyes. <laughs> open your third eye, man. I no, walk a higher I path, son. I walk a higher path. <laughs> if this is how you people choose to rate movies, it means nothing anymore. How your six out of five, you six out of five means nothing. How do you rate them? The six out of five is like the absolute gold stamp of like this movie is fantastic. Okay, but also when you're doing your top films, also like how you felt about the film could also come into play. This is just ridiculous. It's really not. It's not that hard to wrap your head around. I think if you pulled 100 people off the street, they would agree with me. And I don't give one fuck about those hundred people. <clears throat> well, they could be listening right now. You hear yeah. that, people? Hold on, no, wait. Before you judge Jake, he, this is his New Year resolution to be more abrasive. So Before, cut, cut, I already cut a little slack. He's an idiot. It's true. This makes no sense. I'm just trying to spice it up, baby. I want to get your blood boiling, Zach. Good job. Oh, this is man, fucking this is, ridiculous. This is great. What movies have you given a six out of five on this year, Zach? Zero. Zero. I have not given a single one. No movie has gone above and beyond to you. <clears throat> no, I think my one and two films, the ones that I have ranked at number one and number two, would be the six out of fives I would give. I just didn't give them. All right, I just want—I want to hear what those are. I really do. Number six, Zach, take it away. <laughs> my number six film is a ten out of five, but it sits at number six. It is Paul Schrader's masterpiece, First Reformed. Nice. Nice. Okay. All right. Let go of the stars, bud. Just put it where you want to. You, that's fine. Get rid of the stars if you want. But when you go out of your way to say that this is more stars than we actually usually give, also, that what should is this going, something. What is this going out of my way? Yeah. What am I going out of my way? I just fucking gave it a number. I didn't go okay. out of my way. It's not, like he, it's not like he drove an hour and a half away just to just If to that's give how you feel about it, you're just, you're just giving them all willy-nilly. Then it also doesn't mean I anything. I didn't write a letter to Sam Levinson being like, hey, I just want to let you know this is a six out of five, bud. Going out of my way to tell you. 
Well, then I guess you don't really even care about the movie. Hmm. I kind of don't. Oh, yeah, I guess... <laughs> I'm going to give every fucking movie from now on a 6 out of 5. <laughs> oh, okay. uh, right. oh, good. My, uh... My, my, uh my, can I go, Zach? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. My number six movie of the year is Mandy. Um, actually, wish I saw that. This is the only movie that I didn't see in theaters. I wish I saw in theaters. You and me both. Yeah. I wish. Yeah, I wish I got to sit down on a big screen and just watch all of those colors and all of the distortion and all of the creepy vibes. Nick, Nick, uh, upon. Further, um, further thought on Mandy. Uh, beforehand, I thought that Nick Cage was a little too off for me, but upon further thought on it, he it wasn't off at all. Yeah, you're off, bud. I was, I was at one point, but I'm woke now. <laughs> My number six is Brady Corbett's Box Lux. Hmm. Two out of five. <laughs> this is a world of anarchy you live in. Yeah, it feels great. 2019 is my year. <laughs> Let's just burn the system down. Fuck them all. Uh, yeah, I really don't have anything to say about it. My number five film of the year. Top five. Here we go. It is a post-World War II drama uh, about two lovers who are doomed to be together. Mm. And it is Paul Polakowski's Cold War. Um, was... I love the black and white. I love the 4x3. I think it's a gorgeous movie. The performances are great. Um, I've talked about it enough on the show. If you want to know what I think about it, just go back and listen to it. Uh, yeah, that's my number five. Woohoo! Um, that was post World War Two. Uh, the Cold War is post World War Two. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. My number five is Blind Spotting. The funniest movie of the year. Nice. Has the funniest bits of the year for sure. <clears throat> yeah, everything's already been said. <clears throat> okay. Uh, my number five is much higher than your guys's. Uh, it is Ari Aster's Hereditary. Oh boy! <clears throat> hey, no matter what people say, I I still love it. I don't think the second half is as bad as people say. <clears throat> oh, you showed them. It's just your agenda getting in the way. Your Eight narrative. out of five, sitting at number your five. Nar- your narrative that you built. <clears throat> it's good. It's great. Can't wait to see the more of this guy's career. <laughs> I'm going to replace it on my list with something else. <clears throat> Do it. Mowgli. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> my number four is the only documentary on my list, but it is miles above any other documentary made this year. It is Bing Lu's Minding the Gap. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was sitting at probably like 15 15 or 16, but I rewatched it like Monday or maybe a couple days ago. 
And it it's went way up for me on a movie I already liked. Um, the cinematography is gorgeous. That opening scene where they're skating around town is phenomenal. I mean, it's a movie about, you know, cycles of abuse and what it means to grow up even when you're not ready to. And it's just, it's I typically don't like documentaries where the documentary, where the director is involved, like, firsthand. But I think it works really well here. And, yeah, it's, it's a very good movie. <clears throat> All right. Um, my number four movie of the year is Cold War. I really enjoy it. It's it's pale. It's stale. It's just going from one place to the next. Wait, this is a, it's, it's stale? stale? Oh yeah, that's a stale movie, man. But I love it. It's not stale. It's a, a good adjective. Stale is the right adjective from my viewing. So it's bland. Um, it's not very good. No, bland doesn't mean not very good. Spicy. It just spicing up. No, no, it doesn't have things don't have to be spicy in order to be good. It's not fresh. Mm. I just I don't. I'm I'm certain that you don't know what stale means. Stale means kind of not much going on. No. Okay, fine. Bland. <laughs> bland was the right word. I think so, the word that you're looking for is bleak, not stale or bland. Yeah, bland no. is kind of also not very good. Oh no, no. Let me. I'm gonna look up the definition of bland right now. Yeah, get out your thesaurus. I actually have a dictionary, but I'm not gonna use it because I have a phone. I, I think you're looking for a word and you just haven't found it yet. Just keep listing other words. Um, showing no strong emotion, dull and unremarkable. That I think it shows emotion. They're just not happy emotions. No, I'm not saying. Okay, okay, fine. Maybe bland is not the right word. None of the words. There's no maybe about it. Whatever, whatever, guys. Um, (laughs) Bleak. Maybe bleak was perfect, but um, yeah, the head. It's it's beautiful in that way. Um. What the fuck is her name? Jo- Joanna Kulig. Yep. Is that her name? Yeah. No, she she was a, she was stellar. I like really liked her performance. Um, all bing, as one of the only ones I gave a five star rating this year. Nice. Oh wait, Zach, come on, jump on him. Only one he gave a five star to. It's not number one. No, he said it's one of the only ones he gave a five star to. If he had gave it a 6 out of 5, I'd give him the same shit. But he didn't. There's only <laughs> one movie I rated wrong this year. And that's yet to come. Okay. Uh, let me see. <clears throat> My number 4 is also a foreign black and white film. Not Cold War, though. It is Alfonso Cuaron's Roma. Mm. Like this movie quite a bit. Uh, I think the looks beautiful i was hooked from the very opening shot with the reflections in the water um and that's my quick summary if you want more go check out the fucking episode i echo jacob's compliments of the film as roma is my number three movie of the year all right my number three movie of the year is a star is born there it is yep I loved the movie. I thought that um, 
it wasn't really trying to focus on any one thing besides their relationship and everything that you guys hated about it was more of just like a device to get it pushed along a little further instead of what the main focus was. Hold on. What did we hate about it? I'm not saying you – okay, fine. Maybe hate was the wrong word, but the things that you – You are full of wrong words today. <laughs> I was never good at English. He's all uh, plus his top five. Yeah, uh, but anyways, when you were talking about Vox Lux, you said that um, critiquing a celebrity status or something think, along those lines. I think A Star is Born is attempting to critique what it means to be celebrity. Yeah, I mean, it's it's it's, but like not nearly, it's not nearly as important as it is in Vox Lux. Yeah, I didn't say that. I just said it was attempting to do that. Not really, though. I mean, it's, uh, it's... It most definitely is trying to examine what you have to give up of yourself in order to be famous. I think it's acknowledging that. I don't think that that's really one of the important factors. I would, because they spend a lot of time talking about what it means to be authentic. All right. And that's just, like, your opinion, man. It's also Bradley <laughs> Cooper's opinion, and he made the movie, so... Well, it's up to the viewer to interpret it how they wish. There's a difference between interpreting and ignoring, and you are ignoring that part of the movie. I'm not ignoring that part of the movie. I'm just inter- I'm just I'm just acknowledging difference, uh, different things. Okay, so you're not ignoring. You're just refusing to acknowledge it. I just think you think sure. Box Lux is more obvious, is because that is all the film is about, whereas this is playing other things. Yeah, I'm not focusing on that. It doesn't mean it's not there just because you're choosing not to focus on it. Yeah, like whatever you say, man. (laughs) (laughs) What is this, three? Okay. Uh, My number three, I don't have anything to say because we talked about it last week. It is Lars von Trier's The House That Jack Built. Oh, boy. Wow. All right, this might throw you guys for a whirl. Are you ready for this? All right, let's hear it. Number two. My number two of the year was probably the best time that I had watching a movie this year. Is it Mandy? It is my most seen movie of this year. I've seen it three times. It is the masterpiece by Panos Cosmatos, Mandy. Mm. This is going to be interesting. I can't wait to see what's number one. Yeah, I was expecting that to be number one. something to piss us off. I know it. It's not actually your number one. Mandy's your number one film, but you're just going officially with something else. To nope. Nope. You nope. changed it. As soon as I said Assassination Nation was a, a seven, you were like, fuck this guy. And you knew number one. I wrote this list three days ago, and Mandy has been number two ever since. Ever since before I learned about your ludicrous notions of what a six out of five means. Okay. So this is one that you would have given a six out of five? Mandy and my number one, I would give six out of fives to. Why? Mm-hmm. Why don't you? Because it's upon first viewing. What do you mean it's upon I, I first viewing? You've seen Mandy three believe, times. I don't believe in retroactively giving something a six out of five. Okay, so what does I feel like what, after what, the fact? Yeah, I feel like based like if we had reviewed it, even though I had seen it the second time, if we had reviewed it and I'd given it a six out of five on that show. That's different, but I'm not going to go back and be like, oh, yeah, that movie that I watched three years ago, that's a six out of five. So what like I'm not going to retroactively give it one. What has to happen for it to get a six out of five, though? 
it's completely up to the viewer what they choose to give a six out of five. I'm not talking you, in Zach. general. I'm Thank talking. You. I'm talking to you specifically. No, you can give whatever film you want a six out of five. But that six out of five better damn well be your number one <sighs> or number two movie of the year. You said you watched the Kevin Spacey film Nine Lives, and that's my six out of five. Whatever, that's on you. It better be your number one or number two. <laughs> Oh man, this guy just conforming to norms. <laughs> He's a conformist, Zach. Colorado has made you such a hipster. <laughs> All right. Back number two. Maine, we have rules. <laughs> no, we don't. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> Does anyone give a shit about the rules anymore? We're one step away from Colorado. Um, my number two is at Eternity's Gate. I had a feeling. Willem Dafoe gave, um, in my opinion, the best performance of the year. Not a single moment in this movie did I not enjoy it. Well, I now know you're number one. Yeah, you do. <laughs> my number two is Yorgos Lanthimos, the favorite. What can mm. I say? I got a, I got a boner for this guy. I love it. He's dick riding hard. I'm going to eat it up. I love it. Number two. <laughs> My number one film of the year is something we have discussed on the show and that I rewatched this morning and had a completely turnaround view on this film. Vocally, Legend of the Jungle. My number one film of the year is First Man. What? No, I'm just fucking with you. <laughs> you asshole. My number one film of the year is The House That Jack Built, directed by Lars von Trier. Nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, this movie was made for me. I love meta type movies that are reflections on the filmmaker and the director themselves, and that's exactly what this is. So it is my number one film of the year. Nice. Nice. All right. Well, I can kill myself now. <laughs> no oh more. yeah i'm up i'm up yeah what, right. is it? what is it what do we got uh, oh yeah my number one film of the year is roma knew it nice yeah it's it's an enjoyable flick good choice all right well speaking of meta zach my number one film is vice is uh lo-fi hip-hop beats to chill study and relax to <laughs> <laughs> it's Panos Cosmatos Mandy. Very nice. It was my number one from the second I saw it in August until I rewatched The House That Jack Built last weekend. Yep. there. It's been my number one for quite a while. And I know it's just such a visceral experience. Unlike anything I've seen in my life, aside from Suspiria. The first one by Dario Argento. I just, I got a soft spot for those things. Well, there you fucking have it. There's our top 25 films of 2018. Man, how mad would you guys be if it really was first, man? That would have been great. I was almost ready to hear the defense of it. I was like, what's here? What, what am I missing? No, I have not rewatched it, nor do I ever plan to. You're not going to get on 4K? We'll see. You're going to get it on 4K. Don't tell me what I'm going to do. You're going to get it on 4K. <laughs> <All> <laughs> it's right. it's going to happen. 
before we get to what I call the 2018 superlatives, I have to go pee. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, so for this next part, uh, since we all did our the top actresses and top actor of 2018, then we kind of had different superlatives. You want to just do that first, and then we can break off to do our individual thing? Yeah. Okay. Well, so since you went first, Zach, just go ahead. What is your top actor and actress of 2018? I have top five. Oh, you did have top... Oh, I thought you were just, like, the best actress of the year. No, I did... I have top five with two honorable mentions. Uh, okay, so I did it a little bit differently than you guys. But go ahead. Who are your top five actors? Let's go actors. <clears throat> My two honorable mentions would be Matt Dillon for The House That Jack Built and Willem Dafoe. Uh-huh. Uh, at number five, I have Tom Cruise from Mission Impossible Fallout. Uh-huh. I don't think... I don't think those type of performances ever get enough attention. My number four performance was Jim Cummings for Thunder Road. Number three for me was John Huston in The Other Side of the Wind. My number two is Joaquin Phoenix for You Were Never Really Here and The Sisters Brothers. And the best male performance of the year goes to The Hawkinator in First Reformed. Chris, what do you got for us? All right. Um, my number five performance of the year was Bradley Cooper in A Star is Born. My number four was Jim Cummings in Thunder Road. My number three was Joaquin Phoenix in You Were Never Really Here. Number two was Ethan Hawke in First Reformed. And my number one was Willem Dafoe in At Eternity's Gate. Yeah. <clears throat> I did not make a top five. I misinterpreted what you guys are doing for this list. I just did. This is my just my best performance of the year. It is Willem Dafoe in At Eternity's Gate. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty movie, man. <laughs> All right, Zach, hit us with the, your top five actresses. So my honorable mentions would be Yelitsa from Roma. I don't remember where her last name is. Uh... And then the cast of Widows. My number five female performance being Juliette Binoche in Let the Sun Shine In. Number four being Rachel Weisz in Disobedience slash The Favorite. Mm-hmm. My number three being Joanna Kulig in Cold War. Number two, Tony Collette in Hereditary. And my number one performance of the year, Natalie Portman in Vox Lux. All right. My number five was Juliet Binoche in the sunshine. Let the sunshine in. My number <laughs> four was Joanna Kulig in Cold War. My number three was um, fuck. I just watched it today. The girl from Hereditary. Tony Collette. Tony Collette. My number two was Olivia Coleman in The Favorite. And my number one was Natalie Portman in Vox Lux with an honorable mention to Catherine Hahn from Private Life. What, what? And my best actress performance of the year was Tony Collette in Hereditary. All right. So, all right, let's get this as a superlative. Zach, what did you create? What did you make for us? Uh, the first thing I will share is I have sort of 10 
films that were these are I would say my top 10 of non-2018 releases. So these are things that I just watched throughout the year that I thought were great but mm. are not from 2018. And then I, I saw that. and that I saw for the first time this year. Okay. <clears throat> so uh, at number 10 I have Kids directed by Larry Clark. At number nine, I have Personal Shopper, directed by Olivier Asayas. Uh, at number, do you, the, do you have the years for these films? Uh, Kids came out in 1995. Okay. Personal Shopper came out in 2016. Okay. Uh, and then number eight is When Animals Dream, and that came out in 2016 14. as 14. Fourteen, uh, maybe. Could be making that up. My number seven is Trash Humpers, <laughs> directed by Harmony Korine, and that came out in two thousand nine. That's pretty funny, man. My number six is Heaven Knows What, and that is directed by the Safdie Brothers in two thousand fourteen. Uh, my number. Where are we at now? Five. Yes. Number five, which is Francis Ha, directed by Noah Baumbach in 2012. Mm-hmm. My number four is Enemy, directed by Denis Villeneuve in... I don't know when. I think it's Denis Villeneuve. Wait, wait, when it what came out? When it came out. I think it was 2015? When, when did Prisoners come out? Oh, 2013? Sorry, 2013. 2013 release. Uh, my number three is I watched both seasons of Making a Murderer this year That's for the a good first show. time. I think the second season is better than the first season. Hmm, interesting. Uh, my number one, uh, sorry, number two <clears throat> is directed by Andrew Jarecki. It is the documentary miniseries The Jinx. This is by far one of the craziest up and down roller coaster stories that I have ever seen. And it is phenomenally made and just you can't believe me just telling you what this is about, you would be like, Yeah, okay, yeah, right. And then just what he admits to, what he claims happened, it's just, you just have to watch it. And then number one, the best thing that I watched this year, besides The House That Jack Built in Mandy and Roma, is directed by Todd Haynes in 2015, starring Kate Blanchett. It is Carol. Really? Yes. All right. It is amazing. Nice. Yeah. I've heard that's very good. I want to check it out. It's phenomenal. Uh, Runamara? Rooney yes. Mara? Yeah. Uh, Chris, did you prepare any sort of little list for us? I didn't, but I'll try and, like, think of uh, no, honorable. I'll show, oh, I didn't. I'm just going to try and, like, riff off of your guys' list and think of stuff I agree with. So all I um, have left is the most disappointing movies and then my most anticipated for next year, or this year, technically. Okay. Yeah, I'll I'll come up with that. So... Uh, I came up with a list <clears throat> that I'm calling 
the amazingly average of 2018. <laughs> and these are not average movies that are amazing. These are movies that it's amazing that they're even average, given who directed it, uh, what it's about, some of the actors that are in it. Um, so, four, amazingly average, 2018. Number 10, Steven Soderbergh's Unsane. Number 9, Creed 2. 8, Bird Box. Average. So, what? Really? Creed 2 is not average. Creed 2 is good. It's amazing how average it is. Uh, 8, Bird Box. <laughs> 7, um... Um, seven is directed by uh, 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 shit. The Mule. Um, um, how am I blanking on his name? Clint right now? Eastwood. Clint Eastwood. Thank you. Number six, The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. Five, White Boy Rick. Four, Can You Ever Forgive Me? Three, The Red Sparrow. Two, Mary Queen of Scots. And the most amazingly average movie of 2018 is The Night Comes for Us. <clears throat> for an action for a action flick that's kind of like The Raid, it's not that great. The action is pretty underwhelming. But it's not bad. Yeah, exactly. It it's average. It can't, it can't be bad. It's average. It's on the average list. Exactly. Well, here are five movies that I was looking forward to and was pretty disappointed by. These are probably all threes out of fives. Uh, number five is the Argentina movie Zama, which I had read amazing things about. Uh, it looks great. It's well acted, but it's just boring. I didn't really care about anything going on. Okay. Number four, uh, Damsel. I love Robert Pattinson. Uh, I had heard pretty good things about it. I was interested to see it. Pretty average. Very disappointing. Number three, I absolutely loved... This is a sequel, the only sequel. I loved the first one. I was very excited for this one. I thought it was going to be just as good, if not better. I know it. I was disappointed by it, and it is The Incredibles 2. Oh, that's not what I thought. What do you think I was going to say? Sicario. Haven't seen it. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. I've seen Sicario. I haven't seen Sicario 2. Right, right, okay. Uh, Number two. Uh, This was by far the most heartbreakingly disappointing movie, besides my number one. And it is because I loved his first two movies so much, and this one is just a dud. Damien Chazelle's First Man, mm. also my number one movie of the year. <laughs> <laughs> and the number one, The Legends of Filmmaking, who everyone just seems to love no matter what they put out. The most disappointing movie of the year is The Ballad of Buster Scruggs, mm. directed by the Coen brothers. Okay. I came up with 10 disappointing films of 2018. Number 10, Anna and the Apocalypse. I thought with the musical zombie movie that it would be pretty entertaining and funny. Not that much. Uh, you had a question, Chris? No, I'm stretching. Oh, okay. Then put your hand uh, down. <laughs> uh, number 9, Creed 2. Number 8, 
White Boy Rick. Number seven, The Oath. That has had a lot of potential. I think I even talked about it on the show how much I hated it. Almost walked out. Mm. Number six, Damien Chazelle's First Man. Number five, a movie I really did not care for that you two guys liked, Halloween. Mm. Number four, Steven Spielberg should just quit directing. Ready Player One. Fuck oh, you. I forgot no. about that one. <laughs> Number three, uh, Super Troopers 2. Number, I was kind of looking forward to that. I thought it could be funny. It is not. I think Number, that's on you for thinking that could actually be good. Hey, I was looking forward to it. What can I say? Uh, number two, not even, doesn't even hold a candle to the first one, Sicario, Day of the Soldado. And number one, the most disappointing movie of 2018, Bohemian Rhapsody. If you guys want to go around and say what you think the worst film of 2018 was? Oh, I already got it locked and loaded. What is it? Welcome mm. to Marvin. Welcome to Marwin is the worst film of 2018. Peace of fucking shit now i would now i would say deep blue c2 but i mean it's fucking deep blue c2 obviously. that's exactly why i'm going with a different choice exactly so that's why i'm saying so like my film is based on movies that got like marketed out the ass and pro- could have been good robert zemeckis directing it but this thing's a fucking piece of shit um... my worst film of the year I take back what I said about it last week. I still find it to be a tonal mess, completely condescending to its audience. I think Vice is the worst movie of the year. Hmm. Seriously? Yes. Jeez, all right. Um, the worst movie I saw this year, it's probably a tie. Um, I saw Pacific Rim Uprising in theaters, and that was a very shit movie. And then I saw um, on HBO Maze Runner Death Cure. And that was that was a shit movie as well. So I think I got you guys beat. Um. All right. Is this the last last little bit here? The top ten most anticipated the twenty nineteen. I don't have ten. I have seven. Have I could seven. probably okay. throw three together real quick. If it's up to you. Yeah, I'll I can put three together. So do you want me to go first then? Yeah, you go first. Or Chris, do you have a top ten most anticipated twenty nineteen? I got none. I was mostly just going to write down what you guys said. Okay, so my top 10 most anticipated films of 2019. Number 10, Star Wars, Episode 9. That is also, I'm going to use that as my number 10. Let's just go back and forth, since we both have 10. Sure. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I really hated The Last Jedi, but I got to see how the series ends. What can I say? Uh, Number 9, It, Chapter 2. Mm. My number nine is Glass. Okay. Eight, Pet Cemetery. My number eight is would be it, chapter two. I yeah, think Pet Cemetery I, I think yeah, Pet Cemetery looks awful. I don't know why I put Pet Cemetery higher than it too. Uh no, okay. Nine is gonna be Pet Cemetery. Eight is gonna be it too. Uh seven, high life. Uh, my number eight is Uncut Gems, but I'm not Sorry. even certain that that's going to come out this year. Uncut Gems. Oh, that the Adam Sandler movie. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. I just said my seven was High Life. 
Exactly. My number seven is Tim Burton's Dumbo. Really? Yep. I huh. think this is going to be amazing. Huh, okay. I uh, would say that. I mean, I'm pretty out on Disney remakes, but... But Tim Burton is behind this one. I just don't care about Tim Burton. I mean, I'll Timmy give him that. E. I'll give him that they have Danny DeVito in a top hat in this one, so it's bound to be like semi good. But oh, I, I thought know. Danny DeVito was the elephant. <laughs> Danny DeVito's Dumbo. <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that'd be so great. I'm picturing him just like. From uh, from uh, Always Sunny when he's just sliding out of the couch. But I'm picturing him doing that as an elephant. All his horse. Uh, <laughs> Danny to me as an elephant <laughs> dropping a condom on the ground saying, "Sorry, that's my condom for my Magnum dong." <laughs> uh, number six. Uh, uh, Jordan Peele's Us. That is mine as well. I'm also crossing off It Chapter 2, and my number 8 is now Cold Pursuit, which is going to be the new Liam Neeson action thriller. So I can't wait. Uh, Your 6 is Us, Zach? Yes. Okay, number 5 is Joaquin Phoenix's portrayal of the Joker. Interesting. I'm interested to see his portrayal, but I have no faith in... uh, What's his name? That who's Todd Phillips. I have no faith in oh, Todd, Todd Phillips as a director. So I'm going completely for Joaquin on this one. My number five film that I'm most excited for is Gloria Bell. Mm, yep. Starring uh, Julian Moore. That's gonna be that's gonna be good. I like Sebastian Lilio. Uh number four. If it's gonna come out this year, still not sure, hasn't been confirmed. But my number four is The Lighthouse, written and directed by Robert Eggers, hmm. the guy that did The Witch. Yeah. My number four will has is already technically out, but will be coming to the United States in 2019. And it is Gaspar Noe's Climax. What is that one? Um, Gaspar Noe is very Lars von Trier-like, and he's very... Oh yes, he puts a lot of things on screen that a lot of people don't want to see. Did he, did he do Irreversible? Yes. Yeah, and Into okay. the Void. Yep. yep. Okay. That's how I recognize it. What's climax about? I don't know, but I would imagine it's going to be very sexual. Let's hope so. Well, with a movie like Climax, we're crossing our fingers on that one. Uh, let me see here. Number three, M Night Shyamalan's Glass. My number three, there's no official release date, but he has said that he plans to release it this year, and it is Wes Anderson's The French Dispatch. Okay. Uh, number two, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I was waiting for it. Hmm. Um, my number two is The Dead Don't Die, directed by Jim Jarmusch. Okay. My number one most anticipated film of 2019. I can't fucking wait for this thing. Harmony Corinne's The Beach Bum. As is mine, number one. I cannot fucking wait. Not that I'm not excited to watch Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. But just that I am not looking forward to the regular 
outcry that comes every time a Tarantino film is released. Yeah, but that's the film itself, though. But I think this time around, it's going. This is going to be the worst in terms of that that he's ever seen. That's true, especially given the whole Roman Polanski situation. All that, and then the Uma Thurman stuff. Like, yep. I I think that he's gonna have a tough go of this release. But I don't think he's gonna give a shit. I think the movie will be amazingly average. I'm excited to see Al Pacino, though. Or no, it's sort of Scorsese, isn't it? Or is that both? What? Which which movie was Al Pacino? Was that Scorsese? Or? He's in the Scorsese movie, him and Nero. Nah, never yeah. mind. Forget I said anything. Which also has no official release date yet. I think it's supposed to be 2019, though, right? It's supposed to be every year for the last three years, but we haven't coming, gotten it yet. Coming to Netflix? Yep. The Irishman. Oh, yeah, it just says 2019. Budget, 140. That's insane. Yep. Jesus. To a TV near you. Jesus. I am truly shocked that someone like Martin Scorsese is doing a Netflix movie. I'm pretty amazed, too. Although, wasn't it more just that Netflix bought the rights? Like, he didn't go to them, did he? I don't know how it happened, but... It would it would seem weird that he would go to them, so he can go anywhere he wants. Oh, uh, according to this article, which I mean I don't know how how uh, reliable Variety is, but it's saying that for like five to seven years there wasn't anybody that wanted to finance it. Seems weird to me. It I'm does excited, seem weird, but yeah, I don't know. So now that this is all said and done, what would you guys like? What would you guys say about 2018? Like, what did you think of it as a year overall for film? It was great. This was a great year for movies. <clears throat> from what I from what I saw, I enjoyed a whole lot. This is the best year for Chris. There was four superhero movies this year. <laughs> no, it's gonna be uh, even more in 2019. Yeah, 2019 is gonna be my best year because uh, Endgame Captain is coming Marvel. Over. Mm-hmm. Yep. Captain Marvel, Endgame, Shazam, Shazam. Yeah, I'm not really excited for any DC movies. Well, sh- good thing Shazam's not a DC movie. Mm, yes, it is. I don't think so, bud. It really is. Shazam huh? is DC. That shows you how much I don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but... I really don't give a shit about Shazam. Me neither. The only movie I really those super, only superhero movie I really care about this year is Endgame, but that's because I've started the franchise and I'm gonna finish the franchise. Well, you're not even done with it. There's gonna be probably another Thor movie. Yeah, but I'm not interested. It's like what they've been building up to. This is what they've been building up to. So that's what I want to see. I would be fine with all of them if, like, you know, if Endgame was it. If that was it, and we weren't going to see any more. But it's like, well, they already have slated a Captain Marvel movie. They already have slated Black Panther 2. And fucking Spider-Man 2 comes out this year. and So it's like, you, it's just, it's never going to end. No, why would it? Because it's repetitive and dumb. Yeah, but that's what the people want to see. Eventually, they won't want to see it. And they won't make any money. 
I don't know. I don't know if you're right on true. that. I don't know if that's ever going to be true, sadly. But I also thought 2018 wasn't a bad year. I thought it was uh, not going to be so great, but find out. You know, making this list was like there's some pretty good films this year. A lot of average ones, though. That's for sure. Uh, Bless you. All right, you guys got anything else to say for uh, 2018 before we close it off? Next week, we're going to start. Well, I guess we do have two more 2018 films coming next week, but it's because all 2019 releases suck so far. So, yep. I'm going to go check out Escape Room tomorrow. <laughs> I don't think it's going to be good. I don't I think haven't... so either, but I've got nothing else better to do on a Sunday afternoon. I haven't even seen the trailer for it. It literally first, looks like Saw 2, but PG-13. Oh, okay, then I'll love it. The first actual movie that I'm excited to see is Glass. Yes. What about the uh, the Brian Cranston, Kevin Hart movie? No. No? No. <laughs> I'm pretty over Brian Cranston, actually. Yeah, I get that. He's we... Been- so let's see here. Today is what? The 6th? 5th? 5th. Today's the 5th. So next week we'll be recording on the... Okay, so we'll do Bird Box and Bandersnatch, and then the week after that we can do Glass. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wait, 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 wait. Um, we got to do Jake's Hall of Fame the week after, I thought. We'll get there. Right. It's whatever. We'll get there. We gotta do the big ones. Of course. We can't pass up an actual decent movie to see. I haven't. I haven't even seen the before movies to that. There's really? only one. You always have to watch Split. What about um the original one that uh, Samuel Jackson was in? Oh, that's right. You gotta watch that too. Yeah. I haven't Check seen either of them. Check out Unbreakable and Split. Well, you yeah. have two weeks to watch them. Oh, I don't know, man. Oh, two weeks. It doesn't seem like a lot of time. One a week. Mm. I think you can manage. Put Deadpool 2 away until you get these watched, and then you can bring it out. I don't know. I've kind of got to follow my tradition of watching Goodwill Hunting for, like, the next week, so I don't know. <laughs> the next week is just going to be Chris logging and re-watching uh, Goodwill Hunting. Every time, it's a, every time it's a six out of five. Every day. Every day. Cool. Well, I think that's it for our year in 2018. Um, thanks for listening. If you agree with us, disagree with us on our list, uh, we'd love to know. Email us at filmandloathingpodcast at gmail.com. That's film and A-N-D, loathingpodcast at gmail.com. You can find me on Instagram at the Real Juicy Jake or on Letterboxd at Jake Searles if you're interested in what I'm watching. Where can they find you guys? Uh, you can find me, updates on the show, <coughs> on Twitter at ZachSearles207. Be on the lookout. I will be dropping my video version of this list probably on Monday. So there's that. Also, you can't disagree with me. My list is not opinion. It is fact. So do that as you will. <laughs> Yeah, I'm on Twitter at Chris Duplissy. Um, Chris, hold on. I have to ask you about this. Is this what? a joke that you said, or has this actually happened to you? What? You what you tweeted the other day. 
I haven't tweeted in a while. No, you definitely tweeted like yesterday. What did he tweet? It says, Drunk me didn't want to wake up my girlfriend when I went into the bedroom, so I practiced opening the bathroom door for like 30 minutes, apparently. Yeah. Yeah, that happened. <laughs> I, was, I, I was sitting there because I always wake her up when I go in the bathroom, so I was just like, shit, I should, I should get this down pat. So I went to the bathroom door and I started opening it and closing it and opening it and closing it, just practicing so I don't creak the door when I walk in. Well, follow Chris at Chris Plissy for gold like that. Uh, come back next week to hear our review of Bird Box and the new Black Mirror film Bandersnatch. And uh, until then, have a great week. Happy New Year, everyone. Happy New Year. Mm-hmm.